Friday nights. Now it's time for the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. On the show this week, we've got Mr. Colin Brown. Rod Milman, Richard Phillips, Jamie Snowden, Dave Wilson, and finally Simon Holt. And we'll be concentrating very much on the big new market meeting with, of course, the 1,000 and the 2,000 guineas. So stay tuned and hopefully we'll have a few tips for you. Good evening and welcome again to the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. This is AD Hopper here to steer you through the show. And we don't really change things very much, so we will, as usual, start with all the news with Mike Patton. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Racing News. With all the news that is the news from the racing media, which does include Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. And with the headline of She Fought the Good Fight. Here's our first story. Havre de Grace, the 2011 Horse of the Year and champion Oldermare, died on Sunday at Timbertown Stables in Lexington. Her death was a result of multiple hemorrhaging episodes after producing a colt two days earlier. Wayne Sweezy, Timbertown's farm manager, said Havre de Grace had given birth to an intermischief colt on Friday and began to bleed. She looked as good as she's ever looked going into this folding season. Her coat, her weight, everything was perfect, he said. The initial hemorrhaging episode occurred after delivering the foal. A second occurrence happened the evening of April the 29th, and then, after making it through the night, a third and final episode happened early on Sunday morning. She fought the good fight. Now not many mares will fight like that, Sweezy said. For as tough as she was on track, Havre de Grace showed a much gentler side with her offspring. That was why we did not want to take the baby of her, because she was happy to have a foal at her side. And he added, she had a completely different personality. Initially bought at the 2008 Keeneland September yearling sale for $380,000 by the late Rick Porter's Foxhill Farm out of the Mill Ridge sales consignment, Havre de Grace then excited the sales ring at the 2012 Fasig Tipton Kentucky Fall mixed sale, with Mandy Pope's Whisper Hill Farm dropping the hammer at $10 million from, from the tailor-made consignment. Pope in Kentucky for the Kentucky Derby, had the chance to say goodbye to Havre de Grace. She came in yesterday afternoon and she's very attached to her horses. And obviously Havre de Grace is the first mare that she bought for a lot of money. When she decided to go in full ball, Grace was the first one she bought. The 16-year-old was a daughter of San Liam, an out-of-Carson City mare Easter Bunette, bred by Nancy Dillman. Havre de Grace had a stellar career on the track, finishing outside of the top three once in 16 career starts. She had a record of 9-4-2 with three Grade 1 wins, including the 2011 Woodward Stakes against males, and twice participated in the Breeders' Cup. 
She earned $2,586,175. She had eight foals, including one pro- the one produced on Friday. Five are winners, with Grade 3 winner Graceful Princess by Tappet the most successful. The colt born on Friday has been paired with a nurse mare and is doing well. Sweezy, who hopes have Rady Grace one day is inducted into the Hall of Fame, said his favourite memory of the horse of the year is her arrival at Timbertown. He recalled, The memory is her arriving in buddying up with Plum Pretty and looking on that pasture next to the house and seeing those two magnificent race mares side by side. I mean, I'll never ever forget all that because it was as important an event in our lifetime as any momentous thing that happens in your business life. Next here on the Racing News. On course bookmakers on Monday voice concerns about how they will be affected by the outcome of further consultations into the gambling white paper released by the government last week. The government document proposes a two-tier system of what it claims would largely be frictionless background checks on punters. The first triggered by a net loss of £125 within a month or £500 within a year and the second by £1,000 in a 24-hour period or £2,000 over 90 days. The current proposals apply only to the remote sector, but the White Paper said the government wanted to explore the use of frictionless financial checks where appropriate in, quote, land-based settings, under which umbrella the retail sector and on-course bookmakers fall. Layers warned against any restrictions in the betting ring, saying any form of in-person affordability checks would drastically damage trade and the sport. The possibility of financial checks being extended to the ring have come as the British Racecourse Bookmakers Association warned of the impact of proposed changes to the 2024 fixture list, which could include a move to permit only three fixtures to be staged in a two-hour protected window on Saturdays in an attempt to boost betting turnover primarily online. Cliff Emery, who was standing at Warwick on Monday, said, These checks don't make sense and nobody has mentioned on-course bookmakers and how it would work. If the government succeeds in what they're trying to do, they will kick racing back many, many years. If someone has a £500 bet with me in the first race and then goes to another bookmaker for the second race and another for the third, how on earth are we supposed to keep track of that? It's madness. On-course bookmaker Andy Geraghty said, I was hoping they'd leave the on-course boys alone. It's chalk and cheese compared to the online industry. How could you possibly regulate it on course? People go to the races with an amount in their pockets and spend it on food, booze and bets. And if they come back with more than they went with, they're delighted. But if they spend it all, they're pretty happy as that's what they went to spend. Racing becomes a very expensive day out if people can't back a winner or two to pay for their drinks. Will they still come? A big part of the fun is the chance to win the money to pay for your day. A lot of people do go for the social occasion and an afternoon on the booze, but having a bet is part of the attraction. And we're not talking lumpy bets, most are betting 5 to £10. It's a perfectly legal hobby, but you're being told what you can and can't do with your own money. Where does it stop? They're bringing in regulations, but it affects everyone who enjoys a flutter every now and then, and that can't be right. 
Gary Wiltshire, trading at Warwick, said, It's going to be very hard to monitor. There's not really big bets struck on course. Most of our bets are 250 each way. I was at the Scottish National Meeting at Air last week and the average bet was a fiver. You never see these so-called monster bets you see on the TV. Arena Racing Company last year estimated that the annual cost of two racing of affordability checks already introduced into the betting industry was £40 million. The government has put the figure at a maximum of £14.9 million. There have been reports of an increase in betting with cash on course as a result. Evidence endorsed by Glyn Jones, who will be at Newmarket this weekend and was at Windsor on Monday. He said, These checks will probably help us because anyone who wants to have a bet might have to come on course now. I think there's been a few more big punters about in the last few weeks compared to previously. That could be by chance, but there's as much chance it's because of affordability checks. Next, here on the Racing News. With the headline of Who Will Win the 2023 Kipco 2000 Guineas Based on Previous Trends. Well, with the rating, it takes a first-class horse to win the 2000 Guineas and in the last 10 years, eight winners have been officially rated 110 or higher. Knight of Thunder and Poetic Flair, who were both rated 109, were the only two to buck that trend. Six of those winners were rated 115 or higher, so those who were not top class as a juvenile have a tough task on their hands in the Newmarket Classic. This looks set to be a stunning running, with six horses in the field. That's Auguste Rodin, Little Big Bear, Chaldine, Royal Scotsman, Silver Knot and Noble Style, rated at that number or higher. On form, it may be quite obvious but the more frequent winners in the field hold a better chance of classic glory. Seven of the last ten winners were unbeaten or have only been defeated once prior to landing the 2,000 guineas. The most recent exception to that trend was 2019 Victor Kamiko, who was a nose and a neck away from remaining unbeaten in his four runs as a juvenile. As well as being a prolific scorer, nine of the winners in the last decade have landed at a group race as a two-year-old, with six having scored at the top level. This trend will be a worry for fans of Dewhurst runner-up Royal Scotsman, who has been beaten four times in his six starts, and recent Craven winner Indestructible, who fails on both trends, having not won a group race as a juvenile and been beaten on three occasions. With fitness, a trial run ahead of the Group 1 race is not as crucial as you would think, and since 2013, only two winners ran as a three-year-old before their 2,000 guineas victory. With Thunder of Night in 2014, finishing second in the Greenham, and Poetic Flair 2021, making a successful reappearance in the listed guineas trial at Leopardstown. All of the winners of the Craven have been beaten in the guineas in the last decade, although Master of the Seas in 2021 and last year's winner of the three-year-old trial, Native Trail, both ran big races in second, suggesting that Indestructible can still run a nice race. Aidan O'Brien has taken four of the last eight runnings, with all horses making their seasonal a reappearance, which is a good sign for those who like long-time anti-post favourite Auguste Rodin or Little Big Bear. Looking at distance, 
Horses proven at the distance or just shy at seven furlongs have a better record than those who spent their juvenile campaign at sprint trips, with the last eight winners of the 2,000 guineas having scored over either of those two trips as a two-year-old. The last winner not to have raced over at least seven furlongs at two was Island Sands in 1999, which could be something to factor in if you like the chances of a well-fancied pair, Little Big Brer and Sakir, or the unbeaten Noble Style, all of whom spent last year racing solely over sprint trips. And the draw? There is a definite advantage to being drawn low in the 2,000 guineas, with seven of the previous ten winners drawn in stall nine or lower. Field sizes must come into account, however, and the bias over which side is best to race on can shift from year to year. With this trend, it is best to use some caution and pay strong attention to the prior races in the card to see which side of the track the runners are favouring. And the verdict. Auguste Rolin, fancied by trainer Aidan O'Brien as a horse potentially capable of completing the Triple Crown, looks a rock-solid selection and could prove very hard to beat on his reappearance. Rated 118, having landed the Group 1 Futurity over a mile on his final juvenile start, Auguste Rodin hits every single one of the trends, and if given a low stall when the draw is made, he looks to have a great chance of giving O'Brien a record-extending 11th win in the race. You have been listening to this week's edition of the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the sporty media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post, and the sporting life. I'm Mike Patton. Thanks for listening and join us again next time for the racing news. And just as night follows day, we will follow Mike Patton with his racing news with where to go racing this weekend. Okay, and we can start at Nass in Ireland where there are eight races on the flat with a one o'clock start. Goodwood, seven races on the flat with a 1.20 start. Thirsk, seven races on the flat, a 1.30 start. Newmarket, of course, the big meeting at Newmarket, the Guineas meeting. There are eight races on the flat with a 140 start. Cork in Ireland, seven races over the jumps and a 148 start. Uh, Utoxeter, eight races over the jumps with a 205 start. Doncaster, seven races on the flat with a 520 start. Hexham, seven races over the jumps uh, with a 530 start. And there's also racing in Australia, USA, even in Chile. So if you feel like travelling, give us a shout. And then on Sunday, there are eight races on the flat at Leopardstown with a 105 start. Eight races on the flat at Newmarket with a 115 start. Seven races on the flat at Hamilton, 130 start. Eight races on the flat at Salisbury, a 135 start. And you can also go to Hong Kong, Germany or Longchamp. So that's it for this week. But plenty of choice and of course two classics to boot. Well there you go, plenty of racing to go to this weekend. And now we return to our Equine Superstars. Equine Superstars. And this week we're looking at the Brigadier, Brigadier Gerard. Brigadier Gerard is a bay stallion by Queen Sassar out of Dam La Pavia. 
He was foaled on the 5th of March 1968 in England and bred and owned by John L. Hislop. He was trained by Major Dick Hearn at West Illsley and his total earnings were £253,024 and 70p. Let's not forget the 70p. His jockey was Joe Mercer and amongst his major wins were the Washington Singer Stakes in 1970, the Middle Park Stakes in 1970, 2000 Guineas in 1971, the Sussex Stakes in 1971, the Goodwood Mile in 1971, the Queen Elizabeth II Stakes in 1971 and 72, the Champion Stakes in 1971 and 72, the Westbury Stakes in 1972, the Locking Stakes in 1972, Prince of Wales Stakes 72, the Eclipse Stakes in 1972, and the King George and Queen Elizabeth Stakes in 1972. His time form rating was 144. Now let's remember the Great Brigadier in the 1972 King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Diamond Stakes at Ascot. It's Selhurst in the lead from Parnell, then Fairworld and Steel Pulse, then comes Galu Sack and Sukaru on the outside, then Brigadier Gerard and Bog Road and Riverman, the back marker of the nine runners as they race towards the mile marker, with Selhurst being joined by Parnell, Sukaru's on the outside, with Fairworld and then Galu Sack and then Steel Pulse and Brigadier Gerard and Riverman and Bog Road, past the mile marker now, and Selhurst disputing it with Parnell in second, then comes Fairworld, then on the inside it's Bill Williamson on Steel Pulse, then comes Lester on his outside on Gaylord Sack, and then Sukawa on the outside of them, poised just in behind them, Joe Mercer on Brigadier Gerard, then comes Bog Road and still last is River Man. They're coming up now towards the six furlong marker, and as they do so, it's Parnell, the fractional leader on the outside of Selhurst, these two who've been disputing it for a long while now, from Fairworld in third, then comes Sukawa on the outside with Gaylord Sack, and on the inside it's Steel Pulse and Brigadier Gerard coming to join that group as Sukawa fades a little at this point and Riverman makes ground from the rear they're coming to the home turn now and as they do so it's Parnell Willie Carson who's gone to the front with the Brigadier Gerard bursting through towards the outside and it's Brigadier Gerard in second place now Parnell the leader from Brigadier Gerard then comes Selhurst then Galo Sack under pressure from Lester Piggott and then making ground on the inside is Riverman as they come to the home turn it's Parnell from Brigadier Gerard then comes Selhurst then Galo Sack making ground towards the outside, then comes Steel Pulse and Bog Road and then River Man. That will enter the straight now and it's Parnell from Brigadier Gerard and Brigadier Gerard will have to stay now to pick back Parnell as they come to the two furlong marker. It's Parnell, Willie Carson from Joe Mercer on Brigadier Gerard. The crowd can sense another triumph from the Brigadier. River Man's coming with a great run towards the outside but the Brigadier has taken it up as they hit the furlong pole. It's Brigadier Gerard from Parnell, then comes Steel Pulse and River Man towards the near side. But it's Brigadier Gerard from Parnell as they race up towards the line. Brigadier Gerard to make it 15 out of 15. Parnell is second and Riverman is third. And at the line, Brigadier Gerard the winner. Parnell is second. He survived a 13-minute stewards inquiry for crossing Parnell. Joe Mercer wins an epic battle with Willie Carson. Well, now it's time to pop down to Columpton and catch up with Rod Melvin. Good afternoon, Rod. Thanks for joining us on the show, as usual. Um... A uh, busy few days coming up by the look of the uh, declared runners. Uh, what can you tell us about them? Well, very exciting, actually. I've got um, I've got a very good string of two-year-old fillies this year, and um, we're just starting to run a few. Uh, a couple were placed in their first few runs, and now they're having the second run. So quite exciting. Um, tomorrow, 
we've got nice fillies from Ireland having her first run at Kodiak filly at yeah. Salisbury. Um, but she is in a very competitive race. She's running against horses that cost half a million pounds at the sales, another with 300,000. Yeah. So obviously it's going to be a tough ask. Which, which one is that? Nice. Is that Chinese knot or a air Chinese knot. Chinese, Chinese knot. knot. Yeah. 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 Um, but she's nice filly, and um, it'd be interesting to see how she goes in her first race. So I don't think I think it'll be quite a stiff task to go and win. But there's some nice horses in the race. But she's a very good filly, so hopefully she run well. Yeah. Um, then we've got old Air Show. He's, he's always a regular runner. He he does very well. He's won eleven races altogether. So right. he's he's in with a chance. And the next day we. We're, and tomorrow we've also got good old Master Grey going to Chelmsford yeah yeah. he's won three races since January he's doing very very well good I've been grayed a little bit tomorrow but he's on a roll so hopefully he won a good race yeah yeah um, then next day we're off to Goodwood with um, Beham yeah which ran a very promising third at Bath in the first meeting uh, it's a £30,000 race and he's sort of third favourite so we're hopeful of a good Good outing. Yeah. Uh, Richard King Scott's riding that one. Okay. And then, of course, you've got uh, one oh, one Saturday, but three or four on Sunday. Yeah, no, we're very busy. Um, Safari, Safari Dream, He's he was a three-time winner last year. Um, he's in one of the big handicaps at Goodwood on Saturday. Um, he's in good form. You know, like I say, a very exciting time. Um, we've got any one of these horses I've mentioned would have a winning chance. Unlikely they'll all win, obviously, but we hope to get a few winners over the next weekend. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's an optimistic-looking um, looking weekend for you, then, really. It, it is. And then on Sunday, we've got um, Denver's Diamond running for Midland Park. She's yeah. a lovely filly from France. It's got um, lots of owners. And she put up a very good performance to be third first time. She runs in a very competitive race at... Salisbury on Sunday um, but she's very good in, in herself um, Pat rides Forever Dreaming my son rides Forever Dreaming in the amateur race yeah he, he would have she would have a good chance and then Oliver Sir my apprentice rides Crystal Casp in the Phillies race there so we have a very busy time coming up yeah it sounds like it certainly well worth looking at the horses you know um what was it going to say? We've also got the Guineas coming up. Of course, you you haven't got any runners, but any anything caught your eye in the Guineas fields? Well, obviously, the Frankie Tory one there where he fell off at the start. Yeah. Um, that obviously that's a very well. The Guineas is when proper racing starts, really. Yeah. Um, wish I had one good enough to go in it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've never had a runner in the, in the Guineas. I've had a couple in the Derby, right. never in the Guineas. No. Oh. Um, I mean, the Guineas is a better race, really. Believe it or not, although the Derby is a is a better known race, the Guineas the best horse win the Guineas. Yeah, 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 definitely. But uh, all in all, a pretty busy weekend, as you say, and, and you know, in racing generally, and in 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 Rod Millman's yard particularly. Yes, yes. Well, it, it was it was funny. Paul Frankie Dettori, he is the best jockey in the world, and he is the jockey that my one and only Group 1 winner uh, really? Sergeant Cecil in France one, yeah. one year fantastic jockey yeah. but I must be honest all these top jo- all these jockeys nowadays me being an old 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 boy <laughs> they put their toe in the iron nowadays to yeah. look good on style and they do lose their irons far easier than we used to in my day and um, 
it's one of my pet hates jockeys who put the tool right in the irons and and then get unseated but uh there we are that's fashion for you then that's an old boy yeah. saying it used to be in the good old days you know well you're not that old mate don't worry about it <laughs> <No. laughs> but um i was going to say you know you 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 definitely put the fall down to that then would you or was it the fact that the horse hit the other horse uh, well it did yes there was there was contact but yeah. when you when you when you're riding on just your big toe there's more chance of you being unseated. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you had the full legged, it probably wouldn't happen, you know. Mm. And also, if a jockey loses one foot, one one pedal, then if you put your foot in the iron a, a good way, yeah. you can you can you can ride with one foot. But the jockeys with the toe in the iron can't seem to ride with one foot. Yeah. No, but it's, it's but, interesting but, that you you pick on it though, because I've often wondered about. I've often said to myself you know look at that he's hardly got his foot in the iron at all and 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 it, you know and you're thinking you're in charge of a, a you know a, a huge animal such as a horse and yet you're relying on you know i don't know what an inch couple of inches at the very most in, oh, in, in the iron inch, half an inch some of them yeah yeah well, half an inch an inch, inch and they they have the iron flat and it's just a big tool really yeah and um, it's okay it's okay if something goes wrong you know yeah um I mean, when I was riding, horses weren't schooled very often over fences. Um, I, I'd often ride for a small trainer who hadn't schooled it from a hurdle to a fence. Yeah. And um, But if you got unseated, in my day, God, you got some stick from everybody. Yeah. <laughs> nowadays, they, keep fall, they fall off so easily as untrue nowadays. Yeah. Well, I suppose, uh, I suppose he would have perhaps got a little bit of stick in private, if nothing else then. Well, probably not. He's such a big, he's such a big, big, big... Uh, big person in the way in the room I don't expect him and he would have taken the piss mm. out of him you know be a pity to see him go though wasn't he? he's been such a character over the years and you know he's, he's still a character isn't he oh very much so very much so I mean he's he is racing isn't he you know yeah and um, brilliant jockey you know best jockey I mean people go on about Leicester Pickett um, but you see when Leicester was riding there weren't there weren't so many celebrities about they Leicester was a celebrity. Yeah. And nowadays, nowadays there are so many celebrities, so-called celebrities, you know. They're famous for just for being famous, some of them, obviously. And, you know, Frankie's having to compete in a far wider world. Mm. But um, but he's been a great jockey, great jockey, you know, and a showman as well, you know. What do you think about this this young lad, Billy Billy Longhorn, is it? Longhorn? Yeah. I'm not quite here yeah, look, look, man, brilliant. He's Billy. Billy is, a, well, he's a boy wonder, isn't he? How old I mean, is he? He's not very he old, is, is he? I think he's 16, I think. Yeah. Um, he might be 17. I don't think he is. But no, he's a he's a real, you know, fantastic. I mean, I just worry he might get too big. Um, when I was his age, I was doing seven stone. I'm now 11-7. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know... But he is a boy wonder. I mean, he rides, he rides with the maturity of a of an experienced professional and he's claiming seven yeah so um it's well i think he's down, I think he's down to five now he's claiming five but um it's uh, like stealing money in it when you got him on <laughs> do you like it to get him on any of your horses do you think um uh, yeah probably probably but i've got my own apprentices in the yard and yeah, yeah. and it's a bit hard to go and use another apprentice when you've got people in your own yard yeah you know? no that's, that's fair enough that's a, a good attitude to adopt anyway because uh, they they're doing the work at home if it wasn't for their hard work at home we wouldn't be having the winners on the track yeah no that's right that's right and in, and in all cases i mean it's a team effort isn't it what, what oh you very do is, much so very much so you know you can't you, really um, 
you know, it's it's uh, like Oliver Searle, he rides in Mike Bennett's Penance for me. He's in every morning at quarter to seven riding out. Yeah. And um we try and he tries he's helping us and we try and help him. Yeah. And he's nice. had seven winners for us so far and hopefully he'll ride a lot more for us, you know. Yeah, no, that's a fair comment. Fair comment. Well look, uh, Rod, have a have a brilliant weekend. I shall be keeping an eye and uh Hopefully you come back with more than three or four winners. Well, we've had 16 winners so far this year, which is a really good start for us. Yeah. And um, I think we're on, I think we're on 16 percent winners to you know yeah. success rate. Uh, normally we're 10 percent, so we're well ahead of the game at the moment. No doubt by the end of the season I'll be back to with normal 10 percent, but at the moment the horses are running really well. Good. Okay, Rod. Well, thank you for joining us, and we'll speak to you next week. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Rod. Cheers for now. Bye. Well, that was Rod Millman down at Columpton. Sounds like we want to keep an eye on his horses over the weekend. But now we're going in the opposite direction. We're going to go up to Gloucestershire and catch up with Richard Phillips with his assessment of the upcoming 1,000 and 2,000 guineas. We're away. Good afternoon, Richard. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? Uh, yeah, plodding on quite well, actually. Um, getting excited at the prospect of the guineas coming up. What can you tell us about it? Well... We've got the 2,000 guineas on Saturday, 1,000 guineas on Sunday, two great races, and uh, really looking forward to both um, fascinating classics. Um, the favourite is August Rodin in the um, 2,000 guineas for Aidan O'Brien. He's a short price favourite, and of course he was uh, successful in three of his four starts as a two-year-old, and he's by Deep Impact, the Japanese sire sensation, and they talk up as if he could be a horse that could go for the Triple Crown. Of course, that's the 2,000 guineas, the Derby and the St. Ledger. So he has speed and stamina. But remember, the Coolmore uh, owners are very keen on producing stallions, so they are going to uh, say that he is a good horse, and he's got to prove it on the racetrack um, as a three-year-old. But he is the probable winner. But, of course, there's Little Big Bear from the same stable. He's a six-furlong winner. As a two-year-old, he also won the five-dollar Winter Castle at Royal Ascot, uh, but he's never got a mile before. They think he might well get the mile, but uh, he's by no name never. He's great influence for speed, but he's out of a mare that could produce a bit of stamina, much needed in the guineas. So he's the second favourite, Little Big Bear. And of course, Chaldini, on CD Franklin's Tory in his trial at Newbury, he goes there, having had a great two-year-old campaign. And Royal Scotsman, who know, so now he got beaten by him in the Dewhurst Group One two-year-old race, a big. Uh, indicator of who's going to be a classic winner for the next season, Chaldine and Royal Scotsman, first and second in that two hurst. So, Royal Scotsman, a fancy to reverse the placings. If you're looking for some outsiders, um, of course, you've got Charlie Appleby has two runners, Silver Mott, ridden by William Buick, and Noble Style, ridden by James Doyle. Um, we know that the Appleby camp um, are very keen on winning Group 1, so um, they, they're sort of Eight to one and twelve, to, no, twelve to one and twenty-one chances. So, I doubt if they'll be winning. But if you're looking for a big outsider, um, Sakir is a horse at an eight to one shot. But he's got a stable companion called Sharon, who came second to um, Isaac Welby in that um, Greenham at Newbury that Chaldine unseated Frank Dittorian. and he's a sixty-six to one chance. And quite often in the Guineas, you get an outsider. And I would have said that Chaldine uh, Sharon is a horse to basically. Uh, back each way in the Guineas at 66 to 1. Uh, trained by um, Roger Varian and ridden by Tom Markman, a very good jockey. 
Oh, that's encouraging. 66 to 1, I could put up with a tenner on that. It'd be lovely. Yeah, absolutely. I'd go five for myself, but there you go. Uh, <laughs> well, five, five for each way. another outsider, Indestructible was pretty impressive at Newmarket um, at, at the Trials Day. He had some good two-year-old form, actually came second with Chell Dean. Chain stables from Michael O'Callaghan in Ireland. Uh, now with Carl Burke, he's very impressive. Um, Ammo Racing owned that horse. They've had a great start to the season. And he's a 25-to-1 shot. And Indestructible will be another horse that might be worth a leechway bet. Of course, you mentioned Carl Burke. He's, he's having one hell of a start to the season with his two-year-olds, isn't he? Yeah, two-year-olds and three-year-olds, yeah. So Carl often does. Um, he has some very good... Um, he's got some better class of horses these days. I've known Carl for about 30-odd years, as it were. And he's uh, getting some better horses. And uh, he's proving that he's a very good trainer when he does get them. Yeah. And you never know. He could have a guineas winner there in Indestructible. Yeah. He was pretty impressive. Um in the Craven at Newmarket. Um, one other thing, you mentioned Chaldean and Frankie Dettori and this question of him coming off on uh, on the horse coming out the stalls. Um, Rod Millman, who, who comes on our show every week, he, he's got to be in his bonnet about the fact that Frankie Dettori's barely got his, his little toe in the stirrup sort of thing and you know he thinks it's, it's, it's a, a bad trait because obviously you haven't got the ability to hang on in quite the same way. What do you feel about that? Well, I've never been keen on toe in the iron. I mean, it seems to be, uh, unfortunately, it, um, Cash Asmussen's and all sorts of people uh, some three decades ago started doing it. People tend to copy them. Yeah. Uh, a lot of jump jockeys do it as well. Um, I think the uh, foot should be in the widest part uh, of the foot should be in the stirrup. And it's, uh, it's where the balance is and the ball of the foot. Yeah. Uh, classic rider. And But yes, um, Frankie was, um, yeah, on ship because there was just jink coming out and he's got incredible balance of course his mother was a, an acrobat so um, you know he's got incredible balance but sometimes if your foot comes out you can't save yourself and uh, I would be with Rod I'm not very keen on that new style of putting your toe in the iron but it's obviously something that they're all doing now and they don't seem to be changing from it so I suppose we've just got to well it's up to them and at the end of the day they're the ones who are going to come off aren't they so. Yeah, I mean, they make a point that their, their balance is better in that, you know, yeah. various doctors and what they do. But um, I think um, being taught from a young age to have um, not your whole foot in the iron, but your, the widest part of your foot in the iron is where your pivot of balance, the ball of your foot is where your pivot should be. So yeah. um, that that's what should be encouraged. Um, you mentioned Roger Varian, another, you know, really good trainer. But um, do you think he's due to have a big winner fairly soon? Well, he's got a lot of horses, Roger. He's a very popular man in the fact that he's a very mild-mannered, very decent gentleman, a former jump jockey with Josh Gifford. And um, he took over from Michael Jarvis, who's another very popular guy. Uh, he has some very good horses, but uh, even though he has many, many good horses, to taking on Godolphin and Coolmore is a huge challenge. And uh, But he certainly has really good two really um, good goes at the guineas there with... Um, Saki and um, Sakir and um, Sharon. So um, I'm not saying he's going to win the guineas, but he's certainly got some each way chances there. Yeah, absolutely. And what about the 1,000 guineas then, Richard? There you go. But Tahira is the favourite. Um, uh, the guineas run on Sunday. Tahira, Dermot Wells horse. Tanawa's half sister. Very impressive in her two wins last year. She went from maiden to a Group 1 company. Very unlike Dermot Wells to do that. Of course, Dermot Wells is a 
a legend of the training ranks. And uh, Tahira looked very good and beat Meditate in that Group 1 in Ireland. Meditate, I, I'm a big fan of this filly. She won in America. She's tough as teak. Um, she won at Royal Ascot. Uh, she beat a horse called Morge, M-A-W-J, uh, trained by Sai Bin Saror, also, also by uh, Godolphin. Um, Morge, uh, as well as a few others, but Saibin Saror trains for Godolphin as well as Charlie Appleby, and he doesn't really get the pick of the pack, really. But I know that Morge is thought highly of, and I think um, Charlie Appleby was, as a yearling, was very keen to get Morge, and it went Saib's way, and he's training very well. He's been pretty impressive in Dubai, this horse. So he, she's a 16 to 1 shot if you're looking for an outsider. But there are two um, winners of the trials one at Newbury, and one at Newmarket and Newmarket, Mama's Girl won for the Hannon Camp, and she looks, she's a six to one shot. She looks to have a place chances, certainly. And Remarque of Rafe Beckett's, uh, it, she was pretty impressive at um, Newbury. So they both look as though they could be improving horses. But um, Tahira and Meditate look very, very impressive last year. At the prices, I'd go for Meditate. Right. Okay, then, Richard. Well, I mean, the, um, the Phillies are more important than the Colts, in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, two great races to look forward to. Good. OK, then, Richard. Well, thank you very much for that, and good luck with your runner this afternoon. And uh, we'll speak to you next week. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks a lot, thank Richard. You. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was Richard Phillips up there in Gloucestershire with his lowdown on the guineas, both 1,000 and 2,000. But that's not all we've got coming because uh, Simon Holt from the Sporting Life will be on as well shortly uh, with his view of the, uh, the classics coming up. So make sure you hang on for those. In the meantime, though, we will catch up with Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing. Good afternoon, David. How are you this afternoon? Getting ready for the week? Yeah, very well. Looking forward to a nice weekend of flat racing this week. Uh, We've got the 1,000 guineas on Friday, uh, Sunday, and uh, 2,000 guineas on Saturday, so uh, we'll have a nice weekend of racing ahead of us, so we'll see what it's like. We've got a bit of a mixed bag of weather coming in from what I see. All the different forecasts say different things, but they all point that we're going to be getting a deluge of rain at some point. Yeah. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. So uh, we've got the three-day Kitco meeting on from Newmarket this week, so uh, we're going to have a look at Newmarket on Saturday for you, and we're going to start with the 2.15 race there. Before you, before you go on, Dave, um, you must be cursing your luck about Fable, because, I mean, that would have been a, a lucky 15 up otherwise, wouldn't it? I know, it's a bit of a pain, but she went lame by all accounts. So, Is that what uh, it was, was it? Yeah. But, I mean, you've yeah, got, you know, you got the, the three three up sort of thing. I mean, it's, it's not easy getting three, is it? But to get sort of three up and that, it's, uh, yeah. Never mind. Yeah, one of them unfortunate things. And it was very strange because Sandown got called off waterlogged on the Friday. Yeah. And then they raced on a Saturday on good ground. Yeah. So it's, uh, I know Sandown's flat tracks in the middle of the circuit and the jumps are around the outside, but it just shows how the weather can deluge and cause an abandonment with a waterlogged meeting and the very next day it's not even soft going so yeah. it's, uh, that's how the weather effects are going at the racetracks and that's why it's so tight to keep your finger on the bottom of everything with the weather and how the tracks are running as well so yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's just one of them but, uh, unfortunately Fable she hurt her back end uh, at some point in the early stages of the race and uh, coming past Span's first time Nico pulled her up so uh we knew where he was 
pretty early in that race. Yeah. So there you go. There we go. Anyway, Saturday, what are we looking at? Saturday, we're looking at Newmarket, the 2000 Gears Day up there for the Kitco uh, Festival. Uh, we're going to start off with the 2.15 race, and the one we like here is Queen Ollie. We had a nice bet on her at Royal Ascot last year where she uh, came full for us uh, at a nice price each way. She did a very good time at York on her debut last year. Now, she was trained by David Lockname up until uh, February time this year where she changed trainers and she's gone over to the young, the young up-and-coming trainer, George Boffey. Uh, she ran on the, 20, on the 19th of April this year and she came eight for Newmarket. And I think that was a bit more of a... A prep run for this than anything else. She'd only been with George Boffey three weeks at that point, so she'd have settled in more and uh, should be into the routines now. And I think George Boffey's one of the up and coming trainers, uh, nice young guy, very, very approachable at the tracks to talk to, and he's doing very, very well with his runners. And uh, he's one of the ammo racing team's trainers. So uh, Queen Ollie's got Kevin Stott on board, he's the retained jockey for the ammo team. Uh, and William Hills have got this uh, mare priced up at 12 to 1 each way at the moment, three places on offer. And I think she's a cracking start to our each way lucky 15 this week. So that's Queen Ollie in the 215. Righty up. Moving down a race, we're going to the 250, and the horse that we like here is Silver Samurai. Uh, ridden by Daniel Musket, uh, going to be and he's trained by Marco Bossi. Not he's going to be, it is, and it has been for a fair while. Get myself all jumbled up there. Now this fella's uh, quite consistent. He, he he runs very well in May, and he's done so every time he's he's had a an appearance in May. He's run very well in 2021. He was second and. 2022, we had two runs in May and he won both of them. So, uh, as I say, it's the horses for courses and the time of the year. And uh, this fella seems to find his feet in May. So, uh, Silver Samurai is going to be our tip in the 250 and is a second leg for us. He's priced up with Sky Bet at the moment at 14 to 1. And they're playing a massive seven places on the race. So, uh, hopefully, he'll be able to fill one of them seven slots and Get the Troy Lucky 15 going nicely for us if he doesn't manage to win. So, okay. Samurai in the 250. Rightio. Moving down to the third leg, uh, going to the four o'clock race, and the horse that we like here is Vadream. V A D R E A M. Vadream, not Vadream, Vadream. Very weird pronunciation, or however words are. Now, the dream we've noticed has uh, had a lot of runs on uh, all weather since uh, the turn of the year. Now, he's had four runs and finished down the frame in all four of them. Hasn't run very well, but in amongst them, there was a run on the turf at Doncaster in a Class 1 race on the 1st of April, and it absolutely bolted up. It won by four and a half lengths in a listed race. So it tells me that its form on the turf is a lot better than its form is on the synthetic tracks. Yeah. At the moment, Sky better paying five places on the race. My dream is priced up at sixteen to one. As Kieran Schumacher in the saddle for Charlie Fellows, and I think it's well worth putting in as our third leg in the lucky fifteen there. So that's a four o'clock race for Dream. Righty ho. Moving down to the last leg, we're going to the two thousand guineas itself. 
Uh, I think the favourite's got a very good chance of running very well, but one that we backed last year is a horse called Royal Scotsman. Now, when he ran at Goodwood, he ran over six furlongs last year of Goodwood meeting, and he broke the track record there. And it was the same day that another horse uh, broke the track record over the five furlongs. So it shows that he's got plenty of turn of speed. Now, he only got beaten a photo finish by Chaldean, who's second favourite, over seven furlongs at Newmarket. And he was running on very strongly in that race, but he was ridden, as they say, to get the trip that day and I think I was a bit bit shocked that he found a trip very easy and was absolutely finishing with a lot of running left. So Jim Crowley's riding him this time. He's gonna have a lot more uh, encouragement knowing that he's gonna stay stay the distance. Uh, trained by Paul and Oliver Cole and I think Will Scotsman's turn of speed's gonna be very uh, usable come the end of this race and uh, we shall see how it goes. He's priced up at eight to one at the moment with four places on offer and we're gonna be taking the uh, the Cornwall favourite on with him, so that's Royal Scotsman in the 4.40 race. Excellent, thank you very much Dave. No problem, mate. so hopefully we'll have a, at least three winners this week and a good chance of a fourth one and uh, see how we get along. Yeah, absolutely, good for you, keep it coming. No problem. Okay, okay mate. thanks Dave, we'll speak, speak to you next you. week. Well there we go, that was Dave Wilson, ready for the 2000 and 1000 guineas over the weekend. Well, that was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Now we're going to catch up with Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne. Afternoon, Jamie. Thanks for coming on the show again. The flat season has more or less taken over now, and, and I, I'm taking it that the... Wasn't it last week that the last day of the jump season was? Yeah, Saturday, Sandown, um, Bet365 day used to, be, used to be the Whitbread. Yeah, that's the final day of the season. And then it starts again the day after or something. <laughs> Yeah, we we live in a pretty silly world, but don't we? But um, yeah, ends ends one day, starts the next, basically. So, from your perspective, how's the last season been? Oh, eighty, it, it's been a record breaker for us. Has um, it? Yeah, we we we've all all but doubled the prize money. Um, Forty four winners, um, and and the form of the horses is, you know, it started last summer when Piscard Pipe won the summer hurdle. Kiltilly Briggs won the Prelude at Market Raisin in October. Um, Garlow won the Paddy Power in November. Um, he wore it well, won obviously a couple of grade twos in February and then obviously at Cheltenham Festival in, in, in March. And then we rounded it off with um, That's Right Gino winning the grade two up at Air on Scottish National Day. So it's um, it's been an incred incredible time for us. And, and is it fair to say it's the best season you've ever had? Yeah, um, the season before we were 50 winners, so um, you know I, I thought we were going to struggle to to better that. And although we we we, we didn't um, we didn't match the total numbers of winners, we ended on 44 winners. Um, the fact that we all but doubled our prize money and ended up in 18th position in the trainers championship is um, is uh, is a record for us. So Paul Nichols will definitely be looking over his shoulder now then. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're we're some way off that, but um, you know, for a yard of our size with only fifty odd horses, it's um, it's a, a, a wonderful achievement. The, the 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 person who finished seventeenth in the list is John Joe Neal, and he he had over a hundred more horses than us. So really? you know, we were we were punching well above our weight in terms of numbers of runners. Well, I put it all down to the trainer. I don't know what you'd think, but um... <laughs> I, I put it. Put it down to a wonderful team of staff, great horses, and brilliant owners. And I'm, yeah. I'm the lucky I'm the lucky cog in the wheel. 
Absolutely. Well, congratulations on that, Jamie. I mean, it's 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 nice to be associated with a a trainer that's that's on a, on a high such as you are. Um, what about next season now, which has just started? But I mean, you know, how do you feel looking forward? Are you going to get a load of more horses at the sales or what? Yeah, we've been buying over the last um, over the last six weeks. Yeah, um, we've been buying quite a few, um, and and thankfully uh, we've been sent a few more as well. So yeah, um, I'll continue to buy and and uh, yeah, continue to do what we have done and you know speculate in the summer and and um, try and accumulate in the winter, as it were. Yeah. Now you you mentioned the word summer. I mean, we're supposed to be getting near to it, but it makes me wonder looking out the window this afternoon. But um, you know, you 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 obviously start to slow down a little bit now. Is that right? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, horses are going out in the field left, right, and centre. Um, we'll have a, a small a small team for a team of racehorses to to run through the through the summer months. But um, yeah, all the winter horses go out for their their holidays they'll have May and June out in the field and we'll start them back into a bit of light exercise in July ready ready for the autumn again yeah a little bit like the football season really because they tend to start again in July um uh, so you know that's that's good and and um when it comes to uh, the flat have you got anything that you can like you to have a, a dip into the flat occasionally or not no, not really. To be honest with you, Eddie, we've got a dual license, and, and I do run horses occasionally on the flat. But um, no, we 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 try and specialise in jumpers. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, looking at jumpers, Saturday the sixth of May, it says here that you've got up for parole, and Donny Azoff uh, are entered. Are they likely to run? Yeah, they'll go up to Hexham on Saturday. Um, up for parole, um, going over fences. He's running in a in novice handicap chase and. And Donny Azov, um, obviously one last time out, he's he's running in a handicap for the first time. And hopeful again? Always hopeful, Eddie. <laughs> Good answer, Jamie. Good answer. Well, look, um, it's been great talking to you over the season. I, I suspect that, obviously, you know, things are going to quiet down now, so we'll probably only give you a call, I don't know, maybe once a month, if that's all right, just to sort of check up on what you're doing. Yeah, always always welcome to. It'd be great, great, to, great to chat. Lovely. OK, Jamie, well, have a good weekend, and um, we'll speak to you again in about a month then, all right? Look forward to it. Thanks, Brilliant. Eddie, all the best. Take Thanks care. a lot. Cheers, then. Bye-bye. Cheers, bye-bye. Bye. Well, now it's time to pop up to Upper Lambourne again. We've already been to see Jamie Snowden. And now we're going to catch up with the Cheeky Chucky himself. It's Mr Colin Brown. Good evening, Colin. Good evening, old boy. How are you? Oh, fair to average. Oh, good. It's a yeah. pretty good form, really. Yeah, I'll be a lot better when United have stuffed Brighton there. On Friday night. On Thursday night. Thursday night. Thursday night. Listeners would have been reading that old news and watching United get beat by Brighton, I think. Uh, uh, that's, uh, that's what I think. Well, we, we know that your choice of horses isn't very good, so it's probably even worse for football. So uh, I thought I thought 40% last week. Yeah, all right. There's no need to go on about it. Dear, oh dear. It's not, it's not too bad. Not too bad with a 71 winner to boot. Yeah. So it yeah. showed, showed a nice little profit last week. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, good race in the weekend. We've got, of course, the 2,000 1,000 guineas and uh, some good race at Newmarket. we got no good with Doncaster there with the jumpsuit Doncaster. Last Saturday I was at Sandown Park and it's the end of the season, the jump season. And in my game, we have two months off, so get the sort of garden straight at home, do a few jobs, go on holiday for three weeks, uh, come back, have another week or two off, and then start getting fit for the season and riding out. But nowadays, the boys 
No, it's a rather peculiar arrangement, isn't it? But there you go. That's the BHA for you. Yeah, indeed it is. Indeed it is. Right, so we're at Utoxter, are we? I think we'll go to Utoxter for for the racing there. In the 2.05, there's a horse that was second at Weatherby the other day before that. This horse has come over from Ireland. And it's trained by Donald McCain, written by the champion jockey um, Brian Hughes. It's called Clody Fire. And I'd say it will probably win, I'd say. So it's called Clody Fire. Big, big chance. And I'll tell you one to look out for in the race. And it's one that you could just, uh, our listeners, put into the uh, forecast bets. That is um, a, house, a horse, should I say, trained trained by Evan Williams um, and you know I can't find it there uh, out of focus would it well, be like your yeah, eyes out, out of focus that's the one yeah yeah yeah. yeah. it won a national flat race at Hereford so uh, that's the one for the forecast right okay Marsden's Brewery they're doing a good old sponsorship up there you talk so I suppose you've probably drunk of their beer over the years, you? No, I tell you, I don't tend to drink beer that much, to be honest. Oh. It's usually more potato juice. Potato juice? What's that vodka? Yeah. Very nice too. Yeah. Very nice too. I don't drink much vodka, I'll be perfectly honest. Right, second winner comes... Fifteen at Etoxter, and um, Christian Williams also in great form, and he runs also at one at Bangor, second at Stratford, called William Ewer. Have you spoken to uh, Nick Schofield this week, then? No, I haven't, funnily enough. Why? Uh, well, no, because he rides it. Oh, right, OK. No, good I... rider, Schofield, you know, good rider. Yeah, yeah, he is. Underrated in, in some ways. He should have a big job. He's a very, very good rider. Mm. He uses his head. You watch him places like, wherever, watch him everywhere, but I was watching him the other day at Plumpton, and all the lads are all jostling for position going into the last bend, and then the bend straightens out, but then it's not a sharp one. You know, he's sat seventh or eighth right on the inner, not really getting a run, but once they've all fanned off the bend and gone wide and bumped each other, he comes up the inside and nicks the race. Yeah. He's a very good rider. Good rider. Yeah. Right. We are... <coughs> we have... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Come on, try again. Uh, we have a handicap chase there on Saturday. It's called the Masters Pedigree. The Staffordshire play is a bit nice bit of prize money for this race. Um, and some quite nice horses uh, heading it off in this race. Um <coughs> wins it. It's it's a really competitive race but there's a horse that's just come right from the David Bridgewater yard and it's called Dom of Mary. What a name, isn't it? What a name. You listening, Mary? You got this? You got a horse? Mary, one named after you. Fantastic. Dom, D-O-M, of Mary. Yeah, Dom of Mary. I don't know what the Dom means, but of Mary is lovely, isn't it? That's yeah. in the 425 at Utoxeter. 
Now, now he'd be lighting up another ruler. Now, or maybe he should be on a Havana cigar or something. I should think, um, thinking about packing this, because um, this will buy a bottle of gin or two for Dom of Mary, 8 to 1 it is in the betting, um, 80. Yeah. Big price. Sounds good. So that's that one. Dom and Mary, let's hope that wins. There's a certainty there in the 505, and it's called The Carpenter. It's a very nice horse, trained by Henderson, um, hacked up at Newbury the other day. Before that, what an exit. They've taken it out a couple of times. Um, long as it runs in the 505 at Utopster, it will win. Right, you are. So, let's get across to the Sussex Downs. Have you... Ever? No. God, you haven't been anywhere, have you? No. This you is really true. have not been anywhere. No. Why is that? I give up. Why is that? I don't know. I thought you would have been to Goodwood or somewhere. I've been to Eastbourne, but that's not Goodwood. It's not Goodwood. You're absolutely right. Anyhow, um, Good Race, the William Hill Conqueror. Philly Stakes and Philly and Mayor's listed race, and there's one or two quite nice horses running this race. Um, what wins it? We say, okay. Um, I think it's all trained by Sir Michael Stout called Potapova. Stouty's horses are in great form, um, and this horse, Potapova, I think will take an awful lot of beating. So, the King has a runner in the race, trained by Richard Hughes, a road. Uh, the late great Her Majesty, a few winners, but I think Potapova will win the 155. A good word. Right, yeah. Um, right, it is really competitive racing there, I must say. And it's quite interesting also, it runs in the 305, the epic value handicap. Um, it's also called Honiton. He probably. Maybe found the ground uh, a bit too firm at Royal Ascot. And he hasn't run since then. But you know, this horse won a Sandown last year. And I thought he's a group horse running handicap. Anyhow, I think he's pretty smart. And he's called Honiton. I bet you've been there, haven't you? Yeah, I've been to Honiton, yeah. yeah. It's only about five minutes from where you live. No, it's a bit more than that. About 25, right, I suppose, 30 miles maybe. Is it? Yeah. yeah. So, anyhow. They are my winners for um, for Goodwood. All now right. we're going to get across and have a look at the racing at um, Newmarket. What a day's racing. It really is absolutely fantastic racing um, and very hard racing, of course. But, yes, what it's all about, isn't it, really? Oh, yeah. um, right, let's get stuck into what is a brilliant card. Um, I love the guineas. There have been some great horses winning the guineas over the years, some real good horses winning the guineas over the years. Um, and there's one horse I think Ryan Moore rides that will run a big race in the 325 the Howden Suffolk Stakes Heritage Handicap. A horse called Cadillac. Ever been in one of those? Um, no. Okay. Anyhow, it's called Cadillac. And I think that'll take a lot of beating. It's a horse that... Um, it's it's a horse that uh, that um, is trained by a very good trainer. Whoops, get it down here. 
Keller, uh, George Barry, who's doing really well, and um, I think they'll take a bit of beating in their handicap. Right, right, let's move to the Guineas. I mean, it's a great race. August Rudin is the favourite. It's won three out of four races for uh, Aidan O'Brien. I mean, it's a very, very good horse. Got some absolutely fantastic form. You know, it won at Leperstown in September. It came to Doncaster. It won the uh, Vertum Futurity Stakes. Um, and the second horse, actually, is Frank, the form since I'm third. The form stands out. But it's not just a one-horse race. There's plenty of other horses in the race with big chances. And one of them, I think, is Chaldine, who just ducked the other day. Frankie got just a bit unbalanced. The horse on his other side, like, rubbed against him and knocked his stirrup. He fell out the door and uh, out of the stores. And that's Chaldine. I think Chaldine at 13 to do, back him each way. Um, and I think you would definitely be in the first three. So that's the one to do. That's the one that's going to be, if any of them, August Rudin, which is trained, of course, by Aidan O'Brien. So that's my selection, Chaldine, for the uh, 2,000 guineas. It just is terrific racing there. And um, we'll just have a quick look at Sunday's 1,000 guineas because um, we'll give listeners a little idea of what we think might win. Now... To the eye, there was a horse that won at Salisbury last year, then came out again and won um, at Newbury the other day. And it's called Remarkey. Uh, Remarkey. And I think that could easily um, shake the favourite Terra uh, from the Dermot World Yard. He was unbeaten in two races, absolutely hacked up. Uh, won a group one at the Curragh. Meditate. I mean, that's pretty good form, of course. It won the Moyclair Stud Stakes. Uh, real good race. But this horse, I think, Remarque, is really good. I think that might just go very close in the Thousand Guineas on Sunday. So okay. that's your lot, uh, Aidy and uh-huh. listeners. Have yeah. a fantastic weekend. We will. Don't you worry, Colin. Okay, well, that's fine. Well, thank you, Colin, for all that. And um, we'll, we'll speak to you next week, won't we? We certainly will. Have a great weekend, listeners. And we're on, on in the flat now. I've got one or two saved up for you during the season. So keep listening and uh, we'll try and get you as many winners as we can. Rightio. Thank you, Colin. Bye for now. Take it easy. Bye. Well, that was our Colin Brown there up at Lambourne with his uh, selections for the weekend. And uh, let's hope he's got a few winners there, eh? And finally, it's time to catch up with Simon Holt from The Sporting Life. Well, good morning, Simon. Um, a nice, miserable day it is today. Are you all set for the guineas? Well, hoping, hoping so. I don't know what the weather's going to do, really. It certainly looks like it's going to be cloudy, a little bit rainy. I don't think it's going to be heavy rain, though, at Newmarket. Light rain is what is mentioned on the Racing Post website. So uh, I don't think that will affect the ground too much. It's good to firm at Newmarket at the moment. So I think it's stay slightly on the fast side of good, which is uh, obviously a very fair surface, uh, ahead of the Kipco 2000 Guineas, the first classic of a new flat season. And uh, a really fascinating race it is too. They soon come round, don't they? You know, no sooner have we finished the jump season and we're there. First classic. 
Well, I think one of the great things about British racing, actually, that, you know, you're never far away from another big race. And, you know, there aren't too many um, sort of below-par Saturdays during the season. And I think this is a fascinating time of the year because we've had a relatively short, we have a relatively short run up to the Guineas. There have been one or two trials, but after this weekend, we're going to move into the Derby trial and Oaks trial period. And yeah. I always find that very interesting indeed ahead of the, uh, the Oaks and the Derby at Epsom in uh, early June. So there's lots of clues amongst the three-year-olds coming up. Um, in the, in the 2000 guineas, it is the policy of a lot of trainers now to go straight there without a run. And I think bearing in mind the, um, the fact that it's a long season and also that some of the trials do come up very quickly um, before the guineas and they worry that perhaps a horse on its first run would just need a bit, bit of time to recover. It's certainly usually the policy of Aidan O'Brien and, um, and he, of course, has the, uh, the two leading contenders this year in Auguste Rodin and Little Big Bear with uh, Auguste Rodin regarded as uh, a very exciting horse indeed and the, the words triple crown has, have even been mentioned in connection with this colt and uh, he's set to go off the favourite having won the Vertem Futurity Stakes at Doncaster last autumn and they seem to think that he really is a terrific horse so Aidan O'Brien has said that if he's going to be a triple crown horse, that this might be the toughest race for him because a mile on pedigree does look a little bit on the sharp side where he does look as though he's going to uh, thrive over longer distances and was soft ground when he won um, um, at, uh, at Doncaster um, in the, in the Vertim Futurity. So he's facing uh, a much quicker surface this time over a mile, which might, as a three-year-old, be a bit short for him. He's very well-bred by, by Deep Impact out of Rhododendron. She went on to uh, run very well in middle-distance races after finishing second, I think she was, in the 1,000 guineas, Rhododendron. She was a very good filly indeed. She was actually beaten by her lesser-fancied stable companion, Winter, in the 1,000 guineas. Uh, and uh, I'm just wondering, actually, whether history might repeat itself on that point, because I, I actually slightly prefer Aidan O'Brien's other runner, Little Big Bear, who is the mount of Wayne Lorden, discarded seemingly by Ryan Moore, but this horse had a fantastic two-year-old campaign. He was beaten first time out, but then won at Royal Ascot in the Windsor Castle. He ran the Anglesey at the Curragh, and then he put probably... Uh, probably the best performance by any two-year-old colt last season when slamming Perch and Force in the Phoenix Stakes at the Curra in August. Uh, he hasn't run since then. He's by No Name Never, which is a big speed influence, but No Name Never has had some good milers, the likes of Alcohol Free and Wichita, who was second in the Guineas. And the dam stayed a mile and a quarter. So I'm, I'm pretty hopeful that uh, Little Big Bear will get the mile all right. Uh, obviously, he comes into this with a, a, a very different outlook in that if he doesn't stay them well, they'll probably drop him back to sprint distances, whereas August Rotan, his stable companion, well, this is a starting point, probably before he goes up in distance. So where are the, the Hulk millions going then? Well, as I say, I, I, I would definitely um, just favour a little bit bear, particularly at the odds, 
um, because I think that there's every chance that he will stay the trip. And another point that would make mentioning that, that uh, great piece of form in the Phoenix Stakes. If you um, believe the official ratings, and I personally think that the official handicappers are, are pretty much spot on a lot of the time, well, he's rated six pounds ahead of August Rodin, so that makes you query the betting. And he's five pounds ahead of Chaldean, who was probably the best two-year-old in this country last season, uh, winding up by winning the uh, Dewhurst Stakes from Royal Scotsman, those two meeting again. And he's also well clear of Sack here, who's fancied by some very impressive women in the Millery Stakes last season. A uh, very fast course indeed, but will he stay the mile? So, so I'm quite keen on Little Big there, to be honest. All oh, right. Well, there you go, listeners. You heard it from the man who knows. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't have any moles in Ballydore, that's for sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> Chance to be a fine thing anyway. <laughs> um, any, any sort of outsiders you think have got a squeak? Well, I thought that the Brian horses really did look they, they were the two um, prime candidates. Um, I think there's other horses in there that could run well. Indestructible was quite impressive when he won the Craven Stakes. And I know Carl Burke fences him to run up the I think he could well do. And um, Chaldean, we didn't really see what he what he was capable of as a three-year-old in the freedom because he unseated Frankie Dettori leaving the stall. So that that uh, leaves a big question mark, really, as to how he's trained on. They didn't look the biggest, Chaldean. I'm not sure he's grown an awful lot. And um, the Coles, all in all, the Coles, do seem very keen on Ross Bosman, that he's been working very well. Uh, he was always going to come in there and run. And uh, the way he finished off in the Dewhurst, you wouldn't expect that he would stay the trip and he could turn the tables on Chaldean. Okay, okay. Well, of course, we've not only got the 2,000 guineas, but we've also got the 1,000 guineas on Sunday. Um, how do you feel about that one? Well, again, uh, looking at the soft market, there do seem to be, it seems to me, that there are two uh, fillies that stand out and they raced against each other in the Moyglare stud stakes uh, last September on the Curra, and they are Tahira, trained by Dermot World, and Meditate for Aidan O'Brien. Meditate was a very good two-year-old last season. She was incredibly consistent. She she won, um, I don't know how many races she won. She won uh, four races, I think, yes, she did. Uh, she was also uh, a winner in the uh, Breeders' Cup at the back end. She won at Royal Ascot, beating Morge, who reopposes. But she was no match for Tahira, in that um, Moyglair stud stakes in September, uh, Tahira is a beautifully bred filly. I'll go into that in a minute. But she absolutely rushed by meditation at closing stages at the Curra and looked incredibly smart. Now, as I say, she's really bred to be smart, Tahira. She's by Sayuni, who's the top uh, stallion in France, out of a mare who's already produced Tanawa who was a multiple Group 1 winner and finished second in the arc. So it's a fantastic pedigree. It's also the same cross, that is, by Sayuni out of a Cape Cross mare as Lawrence, who was runner-up in the 1,000 guineas and then went on to win several Group 1s, including on the Roly Mile. So she's got a fantastic pedigree. The only question mark is that Dermot World, her trainer, just been a little bit lukewarm as to whether she's really come to hand in time in the last few days. And that is a little bit of a concern. Maybe he's just been very cautious. And on the other hand, I can't believe that such a shrewd 
and careful trainer would be running her if he wasn't happy with her, particularly as there will be a lot of good targets for Tahira later on in the season. Okay. Right, well, that's fine then. Um, and, and any outsiders in the 1,000? Um, you're obviously looking for... <laughs> you're looking for the... Uh, I think, I mean, I think Mama's girl was very impressive in in the Nell Gwynn. She's not really an outsider. Uh, the, the key to a lot of these classics in Britain is, is whether they're going to stay or not. There's a, so many in this race, you wouldn't be sure we'll get the mile. But I thought the way Mama's girl finished off in the uh, Nell Gwynn over seven furlongs certainly indicated that she would get the mile all right. I don't really see many others. There was Rem Marquis who won the uh, Dubai Duty Free, better known as perhaps as the Fred Darling at Newbury, but she looked very green, and I'd be a bit worried about her coming down the hill into the dip at Newmarket, but she's obviously got a lot of ability as well. But as I said earlier, I do think that that Tahira uh, Meditate form in the Moy Blair Stud Stakes really stands out. Okay, Simon. Well, let's hope uh, you know it's going to be a, a, a scintillating weekend, really, with the two classics day after day. So uh, let's hope the weather cheers up a bit, and we can all have a good day's racing. Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Simon. Thank you very much for your help, and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. All the best, Eddie. Thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of another racing show here on Three Valleys Radio. So please uh, make sure you join us again next week where we'll have plenty more tips for you and hopefully plenty of winners as well. So until then, this is A.D. Hopper saying thank you for joining us and goodbye for now.